Hey, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to, to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Woohoo! We are back. We are back, and um, just a couple weeks after the MEMSPA conference up in Traverse City. So hopefully if you happen to be up in Traverse City, you had a great time. I can speak for myself and say that I had a blast and it was great connecting with so many people face to face. But we also are kind of at that time of year where, you know, you can't get away from seeing things about uh, the year in review or maybe uh, a year at a glance or what's coming up in the next year, or people setting goals. Those That does seem like this time of year. And you know, as as your host, as Ben Gilpin, your host, is now bringing to you a brand new guest. We have we have the 2016-2017 outstanding principal, Amy Tarenko, on with us, and I'm I'm absolutely excited to hear Amy's story because I can tell you this: when Amy was named outstanding principal, not at this year's conference, but at last year's conference, there was a lot of things that were going through my head about, well, who is Amy? And and I would like to hear more of her story. So I'm really excited to sit down and talk with Amy about um, about things and just to kind of pick her brain on a lot of stuff. So without any further ado, welcome Amy Tarenko. Thanks, Ben. I'm excited, but also a little nervous to be here. Oh, we got this. We absolutely got this. So Amy, practicing outstanding practicing principal for 2016-17, that had to be one of the highlights of your career. Absolutely. I keep saying I don't know how you go up from that, but um, (laughs) it was such an honor, very humbling experience. One of my favorite parts of the MEMSPA banquet is not only seeing the regional winners and viewing their videos, but seeing the surprise announcement here in Michigan of who the outstanding practicing principal would be. And it's definitely something you never expect to hear your name called. Um, For those that don't know the process, they start reading a description of the person that's very generic at first and then gets more specific. And again, just knowing the wonderful principles in the room at that awards banquet, you never imagine that it will be your name at the end that's called. And then after your name is called and they open the doors and you see your family and staff members there, it's just, it's surreal and uh, such an honor. Yeah, very, very well said. That's, and it is quite the honor and it is a cool ceremony. So I'm, you know, I just, I tip my cap. So I I hope it was an outstanding year. I think we'll transition a bit though. I know personally for myself, and I think so many of our listeners are very curious, tell us the Amy Tarenko story. How did you get to where you are right now? Well, I uh, was born and raised in Kalkaska, Michigan, which um, is around Traverse City, very different demographic than Traverse City. My parents were both educators, so I came from a family where obviously education was very important. My dad was a high school teacher who taught about a third of his career and then was a middle school principal for the two-thirds remaining of his career. And then my mom was an early childhood special education educator who became a principal her last third of her career, so about the last 10 years. Uh, Both in Kilkaska in my district, they were principals. So I had great examples. I went away to uh, University of Michigan. So I know sometimes you ask your other podcast members who Mm -hmm. they vote for. You already know my answer on that, U of M. So I went there thinking at the time I would probably go into something more glamorous than education, having lived it uh, through my parents so much of my life. But ultimately, uh, around my sophomore year, I, I just felt the calling and applied to the School of Ed, graduated from there. 
graduated in 92, which was a time when I think I applied to over 50 districts in the state and there were just not very many openings. I did a couple long-term sub jobs in Kalkaska and then had the fortunate opportunity to go down to Hart, Michigan to do a semester-long substitute teaching job. Um, when I moved down there on kind of a leap of faith, they had said there was a retirement coming up the next year. And then if if my performance was good, odds are that that position could be mine. So that's kind of how I ended up on the west side of the state. I, I got the job the next year as a sixth grade teacher and taught that for 14 years before I felt I needed a change. So I slid down into a third grade opening, which was a great change in experience and really kind of renewed me after so many years in the same position, um, teaching the same subjects. And after only two years in third grade, uh, an opening for an elementary principal job came open in our district. And it was one of those things that I thought, oh, I'd really like to teach third grade a little bit longer. But if I don't take this opportunity, I'm not sure it will come back around again in, in a time frame that that I would be available for. So took that leap, uh, got the position, was the principal in a second through fourth grade building for one year. And when I took the job, the expectation was we were doing a building project that we were going to merge the K-1 building with the 2-4. And so I knew the next year that I would be joining two staffs together. And so um, that became part of my job that year was to bring the two staffs together in preparation for us all becoming a much larger building the following year. Wow. So, yeah. So wow. this is my ninth year at Spitler. And I've been in heart my whole career for 25 years. So, you know, you've got some unique, unique parts of that journey right there that I think a lot of people may not have experienced, but could definitely relate to. So not only sixth grade, but also third grade, then you became a principal in the building that you were a teacher. Correct. I was in that building um, two years, which I think was kind of the perfect amount of time. Hard is a smaller district, so I knew a lot of the people in the building, but not closely. It's it's different when you work with someone versus, you know, seeing them at district PD right. and saying hello. So it was nice because I really got some of that lower elementary or younger elementary experience before having to lead that work and knew people, but not well enough that they were my family and the way the middle school staff was after 14 years. So. Right, right. Yeah, just based on length of time and experiences. Absolutely. Okay, so now so now you merge a couple of staffs together. And and so then talk to us. I mean, that, that had to be challenging at times and, and absolutely amazing at times. Exactly. It was a challenge, but um, it ended up being a blessing, I think, for all of us. The current principal of the K-1 building, who was a very dear and close friend of mine, um, was struggling with a battle with cancer. And she had to go on a medical leave that year. So bringing the two staffs together, they were hungry for leadership, having you know an administrator who was dealing with an illness. So it kind of was the perfect scenario of them being very open to joining another staff and helping us prepare to make that transition from a K-1 to a K-4 even more smooth. So while it was challenging, I really think the staff was open and ready for it. And as a result, it, it went about as good as it could possibly go. I, I do believe that. That's very cool. That's yeah. And it's such a unique, everybody's got their own unique path. And, mm -hmm. and I can tell you, you know, I, I've talked to a handful of people on this podcast and everybody's path is different. And that's, and then just, and you know, if you're a listener out there, you probably have a different path than Amy. So it's, we can all learn from the paths we take. So Amy, before we transition away from, from your path, what about family? I, you know, you spoke a little bit about 
your mom and dad being lifelong educators, but what about your what about your personal family? Any kids, any spouse, any any pets, anything like that? Yep. Um, my husband, I actually met when I moved to Hart. So it was divine intervention for me to um, end up there, I believe. He's the band director. He's the sixth grade through high school band director there. And we've been married 22 years coming up. Oh, congratulations. Um, thanks. We have two daughters. Uh, Emma is a freshman at Grand Valley and this year. So it's been a change in our family to have her absent on a daily basis. And then I have a sophomore, Grace who um, is a sophomore in high school here in Ludington, actually. That's where we live. So I also have a dog, Patches. She's a girl, but my husband felt that he couldn't deal with another girl name, so he overruled us and named her a generic dog name, but she's a <laughs> part of our family as well. Very good. Okay, so now that we we have a little bit of a better understanding of Amy Taranko, now we're going to jump into some questions, and we're going to change up this first one. Um, I did give you a little bit of a heads up on this one, so if you're a listener to this podcast, you've probably heard some people give book recommendations. We're going to switch it up a little bit, and Amy is going to share. Amy, looking back on your career, if you were to find yourself at on day one, what advice would you give yourself starting out? I think the biggest advice, and I know it's being talked about a lot now in the state and the legislation, is find a mentor. Find a mentor, absolutely first thing. It's such a change from teaching. It's one of those things that until you go into the administrative world, I think you think you know, but you really don't have an, a clear understanding of what's ahead. There's just no way for that to happen. So to find a mentor, someone you trust, I recommend someone outside the district so that you can have very open, honest conversations and also get someone's perspective, maybe from an experience that's different than yours. But finding a mentor, someone you can confide in and ask for advice, I think would be key. And I know for me, I had my parents to rely on, but they had both been out of the education world, retired for a few years by the time I got the job. And we all know how quick education can change at times. So I think finding a group of people or someone that you trust and can confide in and get advice from is is key for anyone in this position, whether you're new or uh, have been in the job for years. And that is one of the things I love about MEMSP. I really feel that that's given me several people I look up to and consider mentors to rely on in those cases where you just need some input from someone. That's very well said. And especially, you know, as as we kick things off, kind of looking back a couple of weeks ago, we had MEMSPA up in Traverse City, and there's just so many great connections and so many amazing people to connect with. So I, I think that's really well said about finding a mentor. I know personally, I am indebted to the two principals that um, that I work with on a daily basis because I still remember when I started, I <laughs> I needed them probably more than anybody else on the planet. So uh, they were they were invaluable. So so well said with the mentor piece. How does Amy find balance? That's question two. How does Amy find balance? I definitely feel there's two things that are key for me. The first being exercise that definitely helps relieve stress and uh, keeps you in a healthy state. So vital. And I know on several of your podcasts, other people have mentioned that as well. But for me, that's that's a real priority as much as after a long day, I hate to sometimes do that or 
getting up super early in the morning to get that in. I have found that's key. And when I let the exercise go, I find that it really affects me not only physically, but mentally as well. Um, And the second part is, again, having supports, whether they be your family, which for me is a huge one, or I have a really great uh, group of girlfriends, my tribe, my book club, who uh, we get together once a month and also send texts here and there that they're all involved in education in other districts or through our um, ESD as other roles in education. But that is such a support network and us getting together and supporting each other is just key for me. Personal connection. Personal connection is critical. And if I might add, um, sometimes chocolate does help as well. (laughs) I I have chocolate in capital letters here. I I should have added that as my third, but uh, that is a vital piece. And if you looked at my desk at school and saw the three candy jars filled with chocolate, you would realize that that is important to me as well. I've got two on my desk, so we are one in the same. (laughs) Okay, so, okay, question number three. We're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to play a little word association. Are you ready for this? I am. Okay. So word association, I'm just going to say a word or a phrase and basically call out the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Um, We'll start easy. Christmas. Family. Okay, good. Uh, Goals. Vital. Vital. Oh, good. How about snow? Blessing and a curse. (laughs) Okay. Social media. Important, but personally challenging. Yeah, that's a, and we might go into a little bit on that one. Uh, how about standardized testing? Time consuming. And the last one, since I already know you're a Wolverine, Detroit Lions. A fan, but wish they would do a little better. <laughs> okay. Okay. So those are, you know, that's, it's interesting. You, you had a couple of them in there, you know, goals and you put down and you said vital. And then the other one, social media, important, but also, you know, challenging as well. So tell me, tell me as someone, because I know that, I know that you're on social media, but I also know that um, maybe you kind of dabble in it. Maybe it's not to, to the forefront of something. So tell us your approach when it comes to social media. I think I'm what people consider a lurker. Is that the phrase? Yeah, um, I'm yeah. definitely someone who's on it and, and in touch with what other people are posting. I'm kind of a hesitant poster myself. So again, um, Twitter, I've gotten a lot more into. I feel like I still need a Twitter for dummies or Twitter 101 course, but I certainly enjoy clicking on the links and seeing what other people are posting. Even I think there's a lot of value, even if you're not someone who posts a lot and seeing what other people are posting. Because I've definitely gotten great ideas from articles and just even photos people, other educators have posted. So that it's very valuable. And I also think, um, I know Shauna also talked about, I have a staff member who loves Facebook and as a result runs our school Facebook page. And it is top notch. It's such a community resource in our area. And, you know, to find someone who loves that and enjoys doing it and has the time to do it, I think has been key to our public relations in our district. So I'm a supporter, like I said, I think it's very important, but I'm still baby stepping it with my own skills in that department. And again, that's where MEMSPA and even having you help me with this podcast is, mm-hmm. is a good step for me to push me a little out of my comfort zone. I get it. I get it. And I think that I think the word that comes to mind for a lot of people is cautious. Yeah, so I, I get it. Okay, we got one last question. You know what's coming, but I am very, very curious to see where you're going to go with this one. Who is a person that has helped you become the leader you are today? 
Well, I wish I could say it was one person, but I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, Again, my first two people are my parents who, you know, led by example in so many ways. My husband is a huge supporter as well. But thinking back professionally, I would say that one of the person people that pushed me in so many ways was um, my first principal. His name was Larry D'Augustine. And Larry was not someone who pushed me in the way that was obvious. He didn't necessarily come up to me and say, I need you to do this, or I'd like you to do this, or I see this in you. What Larry did is I came into a school. I had worked in my dad's um, middle school as a long-term sub before I got the job in Hart, and they had implemented middle school concept. And so I was very excited to join a school and thought that that was probably what was implemented in Hart when that was not the case. So when I came to Larry and, and had all these grand ideas, as sometimes first-year teachers do, he was so supportive in the way of, of letting me come up with a plan and then giving me the permission and the trust to run with it. And at the same time, another group, um, my sixth grade team that year, we were departmentalized. But that team of teachers who had all been in heart for several years at that point were just so open to this young, fresh kid who had come in and wanted to do things differently. And I really credit my team at the time for going along with me and, and jumping into that work and all of them pushing me and showing me what collaboration can do and can mean. And as a result, I think that's why it's so important in my career, that collaboration, both through MEMSPA and in my building. I just can't imagine doing this job alone. And so both my sixth grade team and Hart and Larry D'Augustine were very instrumental in that, pushing me to become, I think, the leader that I am today. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because there's a lot of statistics out there that say many educators are typically get out of education within those first five years. Mm -hmm. And for you to have such a strong support system really was kind of the catalyst and catapulted you into a great career. And and so you do look back at some of those beginnings. And I think that what really stood out was when you mentioned Larry and you mentioned that he, and I think to quote you, he gave you permission to run with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, I mean, that is so valuable. And that's really, you know, as a principal myself, I'm, I'm trying to just give the reins over to the teachers and just get out of the way. And it sounds like that's what Larry did with you. That's exactly what he did. And again, as a result, it changed things. I really think for the better in the heart at heart by implementing that middle school concept and teaming and advisory, all those important middle school things that that age kid needs. So again, I'm eternally thankful for him. And for him giving me that freedom. And I also, again, until you asked me the question, I don't know if I'd ever really pondered it in that way. So it made me definitely have a new appreciation for my beginnings and heart. That's for sure. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Amy, that's, um, that's basically all we got. I, I just, I want to thank you again for being willing to, to come on and share your story and, and just basically let our listeners know a little bit more about Amy Taranko. I'm extremely proud that uh, you represented MEMSPA in Michigan as the outstanding principal in 2016-17. And, you know, I, I look forward to learning with you and, and from you as we go forward. So thanks again for everything that you bring to, to MEMSPA and everything you bring to education. And thank you, Ben, for inviting me and for challenging me and pushing me a little out of my comfort zone. And, and I'm glad that uh, we're having the opportunity to get to know each other a little better. In MEMSPA, that's another great thing that just when you think you've met everybody, you meet new people each year that, that become part of your network. And I, I think that's a great thing. So it's my pleasure.
That's well said. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Memspa podcast, and uh, be sure to check us out. We've got we've now. I think Amy is our uh, fifth, our fifth podcast. So check out all those episodes with uh, with several different leaders, and tune in next time. Sounds good. Thanks, Ben. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.